Hello, good people. And welcome to Perk Up Your Morning Podcast. I'm Natalie. And I'm Chris. And we're two engineers, husband. And wife. On a quest to spread positivity near and far. While every piece of news or story is important, we want to help break this cycle of only hearing about the drama, negativity, and unfavorable things, and help you to feel more positive about the happenings of the world. Grab your coffee or other beverage of your choice and perk up your morning with us to hear good, do good, and spread good. This piece of goodness is brought to you through the power of coffee. Please coffee stop making it. every day just a little bit better. <laughs> and go. Hello, good people. How's it going? It's been way too long since we talked to you guys last. We we gotta stop meeting like this. This is unacceptable. <laughs> so in the time that we've been gone, a few good things have happened. Would you like to go first? I can go first. So I had to solo this one because podcast host here wasn't feeling very well, but I went to my second air show ever, first time since 2019 because of the pandemic, and it was amazing. I got to see the Thunderbirds for the first time, which was really, really cool. How about uh, you? Oh, I wanted to go so bad to that, but unfortunately I was sick with COVID, which brings me into the first good thing, which is I successfully survived COVID. Hallelujah. Luckily, I would moved my computer down into the basement, which I renamed into the plague pit for the duration of me having COVID. It is a little bit of a <laughs> an appropriate name. <laughs> but yes, thankfully, thankfully you were all set down here. And before I got COVID, my company had a uh, summer picnic. And during that summer picnic, I got to do axe throwing for the first time. I'm a bit jealous. Which I was halfway decent at. Nowhere near an, uh, an expert. I'm not going to the Olympics for it. But did you get a bullseye? I did get a bullseye. Well, there you go. That's all that matters. All right, what are you drinking today? So I'm drinking some room temperature coffee. It was hot at one point, but uh, took a little bit too long to finish it off, so it's just room temperature now. It's not terrible. How about you? Well, I actually have the remnants of our coffee adventure this morning. We tried out this new place that's a little ways down the road from us. Didn't know about it. He got a recommendation from his coworker. We tried it out this morning. Turns out it's a really cool place, so I'm drinking the remnants of a cold brew. Which is very delicious. It is a cold brew without ice anymore. Yeah, that's right. But it's still good. <laughs> Alright, let's jump into it. Let's do it. This piece of goodness is about the Mark Wahlberg Youth Foundation. This story was brought to our attention during the coverage of one of the foundation's charity golf events. During that event, Jim Wahlberg made an astounding comment that really resonated with me and I think really sums up the whole point of the foundation. Jim stated that the Mark Wahlberg Foundation has been in existence for about 20 years. One of the reasons why they got started is because their family priest came up to them and was informing them that he was moving to a new parish, and in that parish, the parish building was falling apart and the roof could be seen falling in. Now, while it might not be surprising to see a rundown building depending on where you're moving, the reason why the priest brought this up to their attention is because... The parish building is the centerpiece of the community, and due to events in the community, it's one of the few safe places that the children in the community can go into the evening and feel safe. So their family priest was reaching out to the Wahlbergs to see if they could help raise some funds in order to help restore the parish building. Part of Jim Wahlberg's statement that really resonated with me is when he said, if you are a successful person, whether you're a movie star 
news anchor, or construction worker. It's your responsibility to help other people who are struggling. And that was something that was instilled into him by his mother, who always told him that there's somebody struggling behind us, no matter what. And that resonated with me, and the idea that my parents instilled into me, which was going out and doing community service and volunteering to help at places so that you can give back to the community because the community gives so much to you even if you're not aware of it. Some of the achievements of the Mark Wahlberg Youth Foundation are that they have raised and distributed over $10 million across the country. They've had an annual camp for kids to go to in the Boston inner city area for a week of fun sports and classic camp events. They hold an annual Christmas party where they have Santa give out thousands of gifts to youth every year. They've built several basketball courts in inner city Boston for girls and boys clubs to play at. Those are just a few of the key achievements that they have done, not to mention the vast number of lives that they've impacted throughout this foundation's existence. You know, it's really great to see and hear about people who have influence and those who are wealthy actually spreading that influence and wealth to those who need it the most. So I, I think we've talked about this on this show before with other foundations giving back to those who need it, but the Wahlberg Foundation is a really great example of those who have a lot and are giving back to those who need it. So good on them for giving back to parishes and boys and girls clubs and things like that. So I, I think we could all take a page from their book on this. Yeah, I really like this one. Like I said, it resonated with kind of how I grew up, which is, you know, you look out for people who aren't doing as well as you and you try to help them out. You don't just, you know buddy along with somebody who's successful but you go out of your way if you're doing better than somebody to make the effort to make their life a little bit easier and that's what I see with this foundation especially helping the youth where the younger you are the more potential you have in life and these little kids have almost infinite potential to change the world so exactly and even if it's a small thing that you can do to lend a hand you'll benefit others by doing so all right, it's time for another aviation-related story. This time it's in terms of an amazing female pilot making history and with her daughter as well. Camelia Zarka of Tonga, an island in the Pacific Ocean near the island of Fiji, had started working for Hawaiian Airlines in 1992 as an airline attendant and knew that her aviation dreams were just getting started. Shortly afterwards, she obtained her private pilot's license and began working on her commercial pilot's license and certifications needed to fly for commercial airlines, such as United or Delta. At 38 years young, Camelia finally received the call that she'd been working to get for seven years. Hawaiian Airlines asked her to become a pilot for their airlines, making her the first Tongan woman to captain a commercial airliner at the time. That year, in 1999, only 4% of pilots in the industry were women, and Camelia is now very ha happy to report that the number has swelled to be just about 7% across the industry, and that number is even higher in Hawaii at 9%. Just about a week ago, on August 31st, 2022, Camelia had another happy milestone in her career. Her daughter, First Officer Maria Zarka, her eldest daughter, was able to join her in the cockpit in a Boeing 717, flying from island to island. Maria followed in her mother's footsteps and did a fantastic job piloting, as she was also hired by Hawaiian Airlines earlier this year and had worked for Republic Airlines in New Jersey for two years prior. Camelia's younger daughter, Kimana is also working towards her commercial pilot's license, so the love of flying really runs in the family, and these women are really paving a path for success for females in the industry. 
Maria said, quote, I'm looking forward to continuing my mom's legacy while also making my own mark as a Hawaiian Airlines pilot. What an amazing story. If you guys haven't been able to see it, my wife absolutely loves aviation and everything about it. No. Me? Yes. You. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it is very amazing that since in the early 90s, there's only 4% of women pilots in aviation, and that's gone up to 7% uh, internationally and 9% for Hawaiian Airlines. That's amazing to see and i'm glad to see that there's that good forwards momentum with it and hopefully it keeps up yeah and i will say just as someone who is in the industry i've gotten to see firsthand through a group called women aviation international or wai just how many female pilots are out there and are aspiring to be in the business so for camellia to be able to do this and actually be a commercial pilot in the early 90s is really incredible and then she's also paving this pathway for her daughters to also pursue a career in stem and i i just think it's amazing like if you have a a goal whatever it is and it's something where you're not as equally represented in the field just keep blazing on forward like there's so much more support for more underrepresented groups nowadays i keep seeing whether it's you know females or other groups i keep seeing this support um, grow and grow and grow over the years for people so there's opportunities out there and hopefully you will be supported in actually pursuing your dreams absolutely and it's really difficult to be one of the first people to blaze that trail but just like here with this story when you blaze that trail you can never tell who you're going to inspire to follow after you and for this mother two of her daughters are going to become pilots now and if she hadn't taken that first step there's a a very good chance that neither would have one of them would have pursued that industry so exactly it's amazing yeah i've always been a fan of the idea that for every problem that humanity creates or that is presented to us by mother nature we can innovate our way to find a solution and resolve the problem. This is exactly what California aims to do by covering their canals with solar panels to help fight off drought and to help reduce the amount of diesel generators that they need to pump the water. On the surface, the idea is very simple. You place solar panels over the canal so that the shade provided by the solar panels helps to reduce some of the evaporation that would happen. Now for a small stretch of water, you might not really consider it evaporating and what the advantage of covering the canal with solar panels would be. However, in California, there is about 4,000 miles of canals that help to provide water to many areas. A scientist at the University of California, Santa Cruz, crunched the numbers and figured out that if you cover the canals with solar panels, it would save approximately 63.5 billion gallons of water from evaporating from the canals annually. This is huge because California is well known for having several droughts and that's 63 billion gallons of water that you could keep or that you could better deliver to areas that are in desperate need of water in addition for every megawatt of power generated by the solar panels that would allow them to replace approximately 15 to 20 diesel generators used to pump the water along the canals this helps to reduce the amount of fossil fuels needed to move the water throughout the canals which has a large environmental impact This is compounding with the addition of there being less water evaporating from the canals in general, which allows us to better control the flow of water 
which is the lifeline for many areas in California. In addition, having the water run underneath the solar panels will cause a little bit of evaporation, but much less than what was initially projected, just having the sun beat down on the canals. But this also provides an additional cooling effect for the solar panels, which should increase their efficiency by about 2-5%. to All in all, I think that this is a great effort, and really shows that if we want to innovate a solution, we can figure out the ways to do it. And sometimes the easiest way to innovate is to take a new piece of technology or a newer piece of technology like solar panels and to apply an old principle that almost anybody could observe, which is it's cooler standing in the shade, and to combine the two together to allow for compounding effects that can make a large impact. You know, I actually think you said it best, Chris, where you said sometimes you can create an innovative solution just by using something that's existing. And that's exactly what I was going to echo because solar panels are a relatively new piece of technology, but we've had them around for at least a little while now. And I think sometimes keeping it simple, the KISS method, keep it simple. Um, Sometimes people say stupid, but you could interject whatever word you want, but keeping it as simple as possible while still using that newer piece of technology is really the way that we should be going. Innovation doesn't always have to be something brand new. It's just how do you most effectively use what you already have in a way that is new to the problem, right? So taking the solar panels, putting them over the river and helping so much annually with drought in California, amazing idea. No, I couldn't agree more. And like you said with the kiss me- kiss method keeping it simply simple there you go that's another, pg-13 that's, way that's of saying way. it <laughs> it's not any brand new ideas canals have existed for thousands of years solar panels while relatively new have existed for over 20 years and the concept of it being cooler in the shade is something that our prehistoric ancestors figured out exactly you can see even animals doing it so they're not three crazy new inventions but the combination of the three of them that is something that is new and i really hope for everybody in california's sake that it works out and i agree we can more efficiently deliver water and not lose as much of it if you've attended higher education schooling, you'll know that the hot topic right now is surrounding student loan forgiveness and the announcement that the current Biden administration made on August 24th, just a little over a week ago. One of the administration's campaign promises was that there would be student loan forgiveness for Americans, and the plan has been announced for how much can be forgiven and from which individuals. Shortly after the pandemic had started in early 2020, there was a federal emergency authorization to freeze payments on federal student loans, for which the deadline of activating repayment plans was extended a few times due to the status of the American economy and the pace of the pandemic. According to a statement issued by the White House on the forgiveness plan, the Department of Education will be enacting a three-part plan to provide up to $10,000 in debt cancellation for non-Pell Grant recipients who earn less than $125,000 individually or $250,000 for married couples and up to $20,000 for Pell Grant recipients for those who have loans held by the Department of Education. Pretty cool, right? This is really to help those who need it the most, so the top 5% of incomes will not be able to participate in this. 
There is also another final extension of the pause on student loan repayments until the end of the year. While this is an action that can help benefit individuals in the short term, the White House statement also notes that the next two steps of the plan also look towards long-term actions, including making the student loan system more manageable for current and future borrowers, as well as protecting future students and taxpayers by reducing the cost of college and holding schools accountable when they hike up prices. Everyone should be afforded the opportunity to pursue higher education and shouldn't have to accrue tons of student loan debt to do so, so this is a great step in the right direction. There currently is a Public Service Loan Forgiveness, or PSLF, program that will also be reworked as part of this plan of action, helping to provide forgiveness to those who work for nonprofit organizations, are in the military, or work for the federal, state, tribal, or local governments. There are also currently other loan forgiveness credits that folks can use, such as if you teach, work for AmeriCorps or the military, or you can use an income-driven repayment or IDR plan. Ultimately, it seems like this is relief for those who have been disproportionately affected by student loans, and while there may be some impact to taxpayers to help recover from the debt forgiveness, this should help to encourage folks that pursue higher education is something within their reach. I encourage you to look at the resources that we're providing in today's show notes and learn more for yourself. So I love the idea of this in theory. This is probably going to be the most off-brand topic that I get and hopefully the most political I get with this stuff. Buckle up. I think that the current student loan system, at least in the U.S., is very predatory. I know from my statistics class in college that from the 70s to the uh, 2020s, college loans have gone up something like 2,700%, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's just completely skyrocketed. When my parents went to college, they could work a summer job and pay their tuition off that summer job. And now if you go to college, if you go to community college, it's a little bit better, but if you go to a major university, which is something that my parents had done, you can't do that. You're going to be paying it back for several years afterwards if you're lucky enough to get a job in your career. So, I like the idea of this in theory. Uh, there's a lot of ifs and ands and buts about it, and a lot of things that could be done to make things more fair or less fair. That's all theoreticals, and we'll need to wait for it to roll out. I do hope that our student loan system can get reformed because at the end of the day, much like people going into the military, the vast majority of people taking out student loans are young, new adults who don't know better, don't have years of financial practice, and we're forcing a debt onto them that is at least as expensive as getting a house and vastly more expensive than taking out a loan for a car and it's not fair yeah and i'm personally in that bucket right so i went to a four-year university it was not community college so i came right out of school with a, a good chunk of debt and i mean i did have some help with it and i was very fortunate to receive that but it was still a lot of debt for a 21 year old person to have And, you know, everyone is a little bit different in their situation, but I was automatically rolled into a 10-year repayment plan. Um, I do have federal student loans, but, you know, to to have that burden on you um, coming right out of school, it, it it is tough, right? Because 
You have other things to pay for. Not everybody's in the same situation. You don't know how stable someone's financial situation is. It, it It's tough for a lot of people. So like you said, there's still a lot of logistics to be worked out with this, but I do think that we are heading in the right step um, by not only providing this short-term solution, but also working on the long-term solution as well. No, I couldn't agree more. And like you said, being 21, just finishing up college with all this debt, like you were 21 at the time. That's when you should be living your life, going out and experiencing the world, not crippled by debt, forced to work a job and balance paying off your debt and your everyday living expenses and then how much money do you have left over to actually go out and do things and that's just not fair Uh, an 18 and a 21 year old should be able to work a job and spend the money that they earned you know in an economically feasible way but you know they should be able to enjoy the money they shouldn't be I have to do this grind for 10 more years before I can work so like I said before I really hope that we reform our student loan system and make it something that's feasible and make higher education accessible to more people too right because i i think the thing that people don't always think about is you don't have to have higher education in your life but it can help your career to be more successful and the pursuit of higher learning should be something that is accessible to everyone so we should have more options that people can have Right, and just to clarify that, we're not just talking about going to college or university, also going out to trade schools, or just taking seminar courses, anything to further pursue your education in the development of your career, that should be made affordable and easier to do. Agreed. Those were our feel-good stories for the day. And we hope that we've been able to perk up your morning or day for the better. If you'd like to hear more about any of those stories, check out our links in the description box. We'll see you next time, and we hope that you hear good, do good, and spread good. Bye! Bye.